Hey there, welcome to the Golden Home Fitness Radio Podcast. Today we have on the show Justin DeGraff. He's a personal trainer with us. And uh, Justin, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? Great, great. So let's, let's start out um, talking about kind of your background, how and why you got into personal training, and then we'll get into some more details after that. Yeah, so my fitness career began like many, uh, kind of similar to yours actually, where I played sports pretty much my whole life. Started playing soccer when I was four, played football, ran track, played basketball a little bit later on. Pretty much just did anything to be active and train. And probably starting about eighth or ninth grade was when I started on the more performance side of things. I would I would be leading like off-season and preseason conditioning workouts for my team since the school that I went to didn't have a very big program. We didn't even have a strength and conditioning program at all. So I would kind of lead things with that and I developed kind of a knack for like the performance side of sports. And that kind of led into the enjoying working with people and enjoying people perform. But I didn't really get to the point where I am now until I had a couple injuries. And my freshman year of high school, I tore my labrum at the beginning of the year. I had surgery on that. And then around April, I believe, of my freshman year, so right after, right at the end of my freshman year, I had a stress fracture in my back where I had a bilateral vertebral fracture. And it's essentially an injury that, you know, doesn't get better, and it's just a matter of working around. And if it gets worse, then I get surgery. If I can keep it from getting worse, I can live a good life without having any, any back issues that are going to keep me from, you know, bending over and whatnot. So the, the back injury specifically was a really big wake-up call. It was back when I didn't really know a whole lot about, you know, the human body. So first thing that entered into my head was, am I going to be paralyzed ever because of something? And that led into a, a, further, a further journey in, like, figuring out information, trying to learn about the way my body works and the way the human body works and figuring out how to not let this problem get worse. And... You know, those couple injuries led me to be in and out of physical therapy clinics and in athletic training rooms a lot. And then that led me to want to go to college for exercise science and athletic training. And so I started in that, in that realm when I went to college, started in athletic training, and then ended up going into just exercise science from there. And throughout this time, I'd been training, uh, started getting into competing in powerlifting, um, was about to start and then had another little tweak with my back and then decided to step away from that and for myself at least just pursue being able to move well, move often and move pain free. And that's really my overall goal as an individual is that I just want to be able to help people that are in pain move better. And if that means working with someone in a physical therapy clinic and helping them with an injury and getting better, great. If that means working with people in personal training and they got they have you know some low back pain and I can help strengthen their core, strengthen their back, get them moving in a better way so that they no longer have that low back pain, even better. Really anything I can do to you know help people 
do better than they are now is great for me. And so I just graduated from undergrad and moved up here. And I'm currently working as a personal trainer, doing a couple different things with personal training and just getting up and running with that. And I've actually also, I've been working in personal training for the last couple of years as well. So it's something that I've, I've been doing for a while, but it's now a full-time gig as well. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a powerful story. And I think like you said, pretty common kind of starting out into sports performance and then especially from kind of the injury side, you know, you run into an injury and then you want to help people so they don't have to go through that or so they can recover better. Um, that's really cool. That's really cool. Sounds like you're doing uh, all the right things to, uh, to be able to help people like that. Um, so do you want to, then uh, you were saying, you know, with personal training, helping people with low back pain or things like that, um, do you want to just transition into maybe giving some recommendations for people? It's really common. A lot of people, you know, come to you struggling with low back pain uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, so do you have any recommendations on how you could help those people out? Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of a, kind of a, a two-part answer because it's kind of a two-part question where it's kind of a tie where with clients – one of the, I mean, one of the largest issues with healthcare in this country is low back pain. And almost every single person that you run into will have an episode of low back pain in their life. And even as far as healthcare is concerned, it's kind of hard to figure out where that low back pain is coming from. You know, it can be coming from some muscles being overactive, some muscles being underactive. It can be discs being impinged. It can be nerve impingement. It can be uh, a bone being broken, in my case. And people don't really realize that the best way to combat low back pain is to strengthen muscles, um, particularly core musculature. Um, I know growing up, I had a, a friend of mine that had some, some low back pain because of growing about like 10 inches in less than a year. And the first place that he went to for physical therapy for it, they just gave him a bunch of back strengthening exercises. And like with someone who's experiencing low back pain, you give them more back strengthening exercises, you might just, you know, make the pain worse. And as soon as he started core training specifically, it all almost completely just went away. And you now that's just one example. But as far as low back pain is concerned, it typically stems from a deficiency or an imbalance in the musculature around your hip pelvis core. So there's that aspect of low back pain. And then there's the question of the common question with everyone is how do I make my abs look better? And those people typically, you know, you just want to do, you, you just think uh, the most common thing is like, Oh, if I do crunches, I'll burn fat off my stomach and I'll get good looking abs. And, not only do we know that, you know, that doesn't really work that way, but we've also, as a profession, come to realize that doing crunches isn't really the best way to train your abs. And combining the two, we have, there's, you know, there's ab training and then there's core training. And the difference between that is, you know, it's something that there's like this definition and you've heard of Stuart McGill. We've talked about it a little bit. 
Um, but for those that don't, Stuart McGill is the professor of bine, uh, spine biomechanics at the University of Waterloo in Canada. And he has done a lot of work and he's been very instrumental in me reducing my personal low back pain, but he's done a lot of work in spinal health and proper core training. And one of the big things that he emphasizes is that the core is more than just the abdominals. The core is all of the musculature that crosses over the ball and socket joints and the ball and socket joints being the shoulders and the hips. So pretty much every muscle that involves keeping those joints stable and every muscle in between. So your core is more than just your abs. Your core is your obliques, your abdo uh, transverse abdominis, your glutes, your hip flexors, your rhomboids, your, uh, your rotator cuff, your lats, your pecs, pretty much everything being able to function in such a way that you can stabilize your body as you're moving in space. And as far as how that applies to, you know, answering people's questions of how do I train my core or how do I reduce low back pain is you want to train your core in such a way that you can stabilize your body as you're manipulating yourself through space. And, you know, an example, best example of that is the bird dog, um, where you're, you're stationed with your, you're on your hands and knees and your hands are below your shoulders, directly below your shoulders and your knees are directly below your hips. And from there, you're going to extend one leg backward and one arm forward. So from that position, you're keeping your core tight, you're keeping your body stable as you're manipulating your limbs in space. And so that's doing a number of things. One, it's training your core, it's training your abs to stabilize, it's training them to work. But it's also training your body to stabilize itself and to keep stationary while you're manipulating limbs and while you're manipulating yourself in your surroundings. And in order to, you know, train effectively, you want to be able to train the core in that way. And, you know, some other examples of that would be a side plank, a plank, and then, you know, some other, some other variations among that where you're keeping your core tight and then you're moving your limbs upon that stationary body. And personally for me, um, with that low back pain, that's what's meant uh, done the most as far as, you know, fixing mine. And in working with clients and seeing people with low back pain, that's what I found to be the best too, because it keeps your spine in a good position where you're not going to have to worry about injuring it. Or if you have an injury where you don't have to worry about the injury potentially getting worse but you're then still able to activate the surrounding musculature, get your body moving and potentially fix some of those ailments um, in some cases right away. And then in other cases, you know, it might take some time. Hmm. That's great. That, that um, that's all sounds very good. Right. Um, right off of that, you know, you mentioned the bird dog, but um, do you have any more uh, kind of practical uh, recommendations for people as soon as this podcast's over, they can, uh, you know, do a couple exercises or do some things right now at home to train either if they are currently feeling some, uh, you know, low back issues or, uh, to try to work towards solving some of those issues. Yeah. So 
probably the very simplest would be regressing the bird dog down. So rather than doing one arm and one limb at the same time, just doing the arm, just doing the limb, and then going through each arm and each limb separately. That's a good way to progress into it. If you can't necessarily do the bird dog, either A, without pain, or you find yourself shifting around. Uh, two of the other main exercises, the side plank I kind of mentioned, but one way to do that in such a, uh, if you, if you're not able to do it on your feet is you can do the side plank off of your knees instead, where you're going to have your knees bent and you're going to come up into that plank, squeeze your glutes, maintain a nice tight core, and then do that plank off of that position. And then probably the easiest one would be laying on your back and having your knees up so your feet are going to be on the ground and then doing a glute bridge where you're going to bridge up and keep your, uh, keep your hips high, pause for about a second, then come down. And then in that same position as the glute bridge, being on um, with your butt on the ground, lifting up one leg at a time and doing heel taps. And one thing I think would be a little bit helpful because, you know, it's, it's always hard to try and explain exercises just over, over a call without being able to provide a video. So we'll definitely get some videos up with this too. But no doubt. We'll get those in the show notes on the uh, websites that you can always find at goldenhomefitness.com. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the heel taps, the glute bridge, the side plank and then the regression of the bird dog would be the four that I would go to right away as far as strengthening the core in that fun more functional capacity. That's great. And, um, you know, you were talking about kind of regressing the bird dog and other things where, you know, you're able to take a step back from, you know, you hear bird dog, you get a picture in your head of what that looks like. But uh, being able to apply more regressions, um, I think it's something that, uh, is worth putting more attention on. And sometimes, uh, especially in this kind of hyper internet world where people can download an app and they get all these exercises on it, if they see an exercise and they feel some pain or they can't, they just can't do the movement, it can be really demotivating um, and kind of damaging, especially if they're training through pain. Um, so I think it's really important, you know, being able to work with a coach, some, a professional who can, you know, understand where to apply the right regressions not only in terms of actually getting better results, but also being able to, you know, actually succeed at the movements you're doing, like start at a level you're at and start at a level you can succeed at and then build from there. So you can kind of build up that self-confidence um, in your ability to do exercise and things like that, that in the long term will yield a lot better results than, you know, trying to overstretch yourself at first, which I think is a mistake a lot of people make. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, back in my, my less knowledgeable days, I definitely fell prey to that same thing where after my back injury, one of the things I was told to do was to do planks. And I always hated them because I felt more pressure on my lower back than I did when I wasn't. So it was something that I never really did. And this was before I really knew a whole lot about, about how the body worked and the benefits of them. And what I also didn't realize is, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't squeezing my glutes. I was potentially holding it too long. So I was getting out of that good position rather than, you know, just training and doing it for like 10 seconds and then taking a break and getting my body back into a good position and doing it for 10 seconds again. I would try and do it for like a minute 
And by the time I got like 30 seconds in, my body was all out of position and I was doing more harm than good. And that's going along with kind of what you said about the importance of working with someone that really knows how to do it is you want to make sure that you're doing an exercise the right way because even the best exercises in the world, if you do them wrong, are going to do are going to potentially do more harm than good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that also gets into, you know, the whole kind of quality versus quantity conversation. Um, where, like you said, instead of doing 60 seconds straight, where the last 30 or 40 seconds, you might be in a bad position, just being able to do six, uh, you know, six reps of 10 seconds, um, where you're able to maintain a lot higher quality can be a really good strategy for a lot of people. Like it's not, it's not sensible to, you know, put up the hashtag hardcore fit fam, whatever, where, you know, you're doing all these really long sets or something crazy when you can break it up, get higher quality reps or higher quality time under tension um, and actually, you know, get a lot more out of it. Absolutely agree. Perfect. Perfect. Um, anything else you want to add on to that? Um, as far as the core training specifically, no. Cool, cool, cool. So then, um, you know, just keeping in the same theme of, you know, low back issues, a lot of people get referred to personal, I mean, uh, physical therapy. Um, and then, you know, physical therapy, your insurance only covers so many sessions and then people are done there. And a lot of the times, you know, you get a pamphlet of exercises to do at home. Most people don't really end up doing those the amount they're supposed to. But at the end of the day, people have leave physical therapy and um, don't really know what to do. Well, they say you know, a variety of things that aren't necessarily practical. So what's your sort of recommendation for post-physical therapy um, when dealing with injuries in general, as well as specifically, you know, kind of low back issues we've been talking about so far? Yeah, I, I know that that's pretty much one of the biggest issues. And long term, one of the things that I'm personally looking at is going into physical therapy. And regardless of which avenue I decide to stick through through my life, my big thing has been that I want to I wanna kind of fix that gap because that is a, a, a really big problem that you mentioned is that people get done with physical therapy and then they don't really know what to do or they know what to do, but they get bored with it because for being honest, a lot of stuff you do in a physical therapy clinic are, is kind of boring. Um, and then on the flip side, especially with younger individuals that go to physical therapy, you might have someone that uh, goes to physical therapy for a shoulder injury and they have 20 sessions over, let's say, six weeks. And then after that, their insurance runs up and they pretty much get told to continue doing their exercises. And then six months later, they can start doing weight training again. So for three months, four months, they're not really doing anything that they're supposed to be. Their shoulder is maybe not getting worse, but it's certainly not getting any better. And then they hop back into weight training, they hop back into sports, and then, you know, they might get that, they might get the injury again because they're not ready. And there's this big gap between where physical therapy leaves off and where personal training comes back on or where, or where sports performance comes into play or where life performance comes into play. So you might get done with physical therapy, but you're really not ready to get back into the real world, whether that be where, whether that's 
playing sports or your daily commute to work or being at work or whatever your job might demand. And I think it's really important to get information from your physical therapist about what you should be doing and ways that you can progress, but to also be seeking out resources to continue to better yourself rather than just staying where you're at. Because if you stay where you're at, your likelihood of getting worse is a whole lot higher than your likelihood of getting better. And that's something that I personally really like to do because I think that I've, I've recognized that there is this gap and I like to work with people that, you know, they're, they're maybe done with physical therapy, but they're not ready to get back to whatever they were doing before. So we then take maybe not necessarily what they should be doing, like what they want to be doing, but we take what they want to be doing and what they're currently doing and able to do healthily. And we try and get that even closer because odds are physical therapy due to insurance reasons and due to financial reasons is going to leave a, a larger gap than ideal. No doubt. No doubt. That's an awesome, awesome mission. Um, you know, glad you're so passionate in terms of uh, creating a solution for it. And um, I think, you know, Golden Home Fitness has a, a place in that role as well. So I think, uh, you know, we're in this kind of fight together. There's a lot of, definitely a lot of problems to solve uh, in this whole space. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that was something that I, I was really drawn to just because of our, our mission here is, and, you know, what the, what the, um, what the objects are where we want to do things in more of a professional capacity. We want to do things and not necessarily just harping on strength training. We want to focus on, you know, getting the human body to move properly. Absolutely. It's about, you know, being a effective person, being able to move about your daily life and do that for a very long time at a high quality of life. So for sure, that's definitely a priority. Oh, so uh, do you want to add anything else on to that or we can uh, finish up in a, in a couple minutes? Uh, I think we can probably finish up pretty soon. Cool, sweet, sweet. So uh, next up, just kind of fun question off the top of your head. But um, if you – let's actually keep this interesting. So you can have two superpowers, not just one. But you get two superpowers. They can be anything in the – you know, anything possible. But you get two. Which two are you going to choose? And it's binding. You can't change your mind. These are the two superpowers you'll be stuck with for eternity. Can I just pick a superhero to be instead? Um, <laughs> maybe. It's essentially two superpowers. Uh, as long, well, sure. Yeah. So growing up, I always wanted to be Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't really care about the claws, though, like, to be fair, they'd be kind of cool for, like, climbing things potentially. Um, but I always just loved the idea of being able to regenerate almost instantaneously and you know as an individual that was plagued by a few injuries the idea of being able to survive just about anything sounds pretty cool but the living forever might be a little bit a little bit interesting might get old after a while but being able to have that that raw human power or wolverine power would be would be pretty awesome Definitely, that'd be pretty cool. 
That'd be pretty cool. What about you? Hmm. I gotta think about that for a second. Um, answering the same question, two superpowers? Sure. Okay, all right. I think one would have to be ability to be like kind of being able to teleport, like being wherever someplace instantaneously. Um, um, just being able to, I don't know, I think that would be very useful. And like, I don't know, the distance is such a, a problem for a lot of things in terms of time. And if you could just, you know, cut all that out and just be someplace else, that'd be pretty cool um, and, and useful. Um, and then the second one, um, If you, maybe some type of like uh, telepathic thing where you could know, like you could see someone's like immediate future and like know the right things to say or the right things to do to like push them in the right direction. Interesting. I don't know what you'd call that, but I think that would be pretty cool. And like very useful. Yeah, definitely. I like it. All right. <laughs> Creating a superhero, uh, you know, squad coming out 2022. <laughs> Sounds good. Golden Home super, Superhero Squad. Anyway, all right. So then uh, just last thing, if anyone, you know, was really inspired by something you said or had questions about something, um, obviously, like I said, we'll have the show notes up on our website, um, and I'll put your contact info there as well. But if you just wanted to, you know, drop any particular place, uh, people would should look for you or reach out to you um, on the audio here as well. Uh, this is an opportunity to do so. Yeah. So my uh, my contact email you you said you're putting up. Ah, uh, yeah. It'll go in the show notes. You could send me after, or you could just put on uh, on air right now. Yeah, so the email is my name plus pl at gmail.com. And then my Instagram handle is Justin underscore DeGraff. I think that's it. Um, I currently don't do a lot of fitness stuff based off of that one, but you can reach my other, my other platforms via that. I have some stuff tagged in that bio too. That's cool. about it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks for getting on the show. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people will be able to walk away from this um, and get some value and, you know, hopefully live a more pain-free and fuller life. That is always the goal. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Thank you, Justin. Take care. Have a good one. You too.